Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today will be taken from the reading in the book of Acts that we heard read this morning. You may be seated. We begin with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, you are a gracious God who has given us all good things for life and salvation. Lord, we give you thanks for the sacrifice that you have made for us so that we might live in your kingdom forever. And we pray, Lord, that this day as we hear your word, you would teach us what it means for it to be more blessed to give than to receive. Now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, those are very strange and counterintuitive words. If I was a child hearing those words, I don't think I would believe them. I am an adult most of the time, and I'm still not sure that I believe these words, that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And yet today, as we gather on Mother's Day, I am reminded of one person who embodied these words in my life perhaps greater than anyone. And some people may think that she embodied these words that is more blessed to give than it is to receive uh, to a fault. But I never felt that this was a fault in her life. I'm speaking about my grandmother, and I was her grandson, and I was the one she gave all the stuff to. It was wonderful, you see. My grandmother, Marjorie Sylvester, who went to rest with the Lord back in 1986 when I was only six years old. Uh, so there was a long time, I have not seen her for quite some time. And yet her heart for giving, her generosity still stands out in my memory. She is famous in our families for Christmas morning. And this is not an exaggeration. Christmas morning we would take a lunch break after opening presents for hours in her house uh, before we went back to open more presents. When my brother and I used to visit Grandma and Granddad's house, uh, every time we would go, she would take us to the local Kmart to buy us a new present. One time, my granddad had had enough. I remember sitting upstairs and hearing my granddad say to my grandma, you know what, Marge, you are spoiling those boys. They are selfish and greedy, and they come over here expecting to get a present every single time, and you give in to that. He was not happy. I remember sitting with my brother worried about what was going to happen and grandma came upstairs and said listen boys we've got to leave where are we going grandma well the kmart we have to get you a present and see this is great <laughs> granddad he was kind of like the law he wasn't wrong we were very selfish and greedy but my grandma was the gospel she just kept giving nobody was going to stop her from giving more gifts because my grandma knew it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. With these words from our Lord Jesus Christ, St. Paul today concludes a ministry with the, his brothers in the land, uh, in, the, in the place, uh, in, in the city of, or the region of, I don't know where it is, I don't even know how many days it took for Jesus to ascend into heaven, <laughs> uh, in the region of Ephesus. He gathered the various pastors to himself from that area and he began to teach them his final sermon. Paul was making his way to Jerusalem. And Paul believed that when he arrived in Jerusalem, he was probably going to be killed. And he had good reason to think that. There were many people who were upset with his preaching of Jesus Christ. 
Now, ultimately, when he did arrive in Jerusalem, he was not killed. He was thrown in prison and put on trial, and he lived in prison for some time until he was shipped off to Rome, where he was hoping to have an audience uh, with Caesar. But as he was making his way to Jerusalem, he preached to these pastors as he was going to send them back to Ephesus so they might teach their churches. Paul loved these churches in Ephesus. He had poured a great deal of his life into these churches. He had given them everything he had to give. But he knew that there was no greater gift he could give them than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he lavished the word of God on them. This is what he says. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. When it came to the word of God, Paul said, I was like grandma taking you to Kmart. I lavished you with that word. I held nothing back. I did none of this for gain. I didn't get any gold or silver from you for this. No, I gave you Jesus so that you would be saved. For Paul knew when it comes to the preaching of the word, when it comes to the delivering of God gifts, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And in the Christian church, in our lives of faith, we have to recognize these words from Jesus. This is no mere truism or cliche that we might want to throw on the back of a t-shirt. But this concept that it's more uh, blessed to give than it is to receive is a reflection of the very nature and being of our God. For this is the way our God is. He is a giving God. Since this is his essence, since this is his being, to be a God who gives, this is the content of Paul's preaching. This is the content, then, of your faith and my faith, to trust in a God who is blessed to give. We, after all, follow a God who should be known as the blessed giver. For everything you see around you this day, everything you have in your life has been given to you as a gift from God. All good gifts, says St. James in his letter, come from the God of heavenly lights. Our Father has given us every good thing we have in this life, whether it be food, or your car, or your home, your shelter, your job, the financial blessings you have in your life, your relationships, your family. All of this has been given to you as a gift. God has given you this creation, and he has given you a place in it all for free, all by grace. And now he has not only given you gifts, but he's made you to be a gift for everybody around you. Your abilities, your knowledge, your talents, everything you have, God has given to you in order for you to bless others with those things. You are a gift to everyone around you. Mothers, this is what we celebrate today on Mother's Day. That you are a gift to us. You are a gift to your families, and we thank God for you. But it's not only true for mothers, it's true for fathers. You are a gift to your family. Wives, you are a gift to your husband. Husbands, you are gifts to your wives. And not just in the family relationships. Oh, kids, by the way, you're a gift to your parents, and go ahead and remind them of that. Not just in our family relationships, but in all our relationships. Your friends, you are a gift to your friend. You are a gift to your neighbors. You are a gift to your boss. You are a gift to your employees. We are gifts from God to other people. We are created to enjoy the gifts that God has given to us. And what is more, we have been created to be a gift to others, to give to others what we have received from God. This life of generosity is what God has created us to live in. 
We've been caught up in this divine pattern where we learn it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. But sometimes it's hard to believe that. And in fact, we live in a world that operates against such ideas. And even within the church, there will be times when people will arise and they will try and take this news away from us. They will try to take away from us this God who gives so graciously and so generously. There will be those who arise, even from within the church, who seek to take from us the giving God, take away from us Jesus Christ. Wolves in sheep clothing, sheep's clothing will arise, not to give, but to take. Listen to what St. Paul warns us about today. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Paul says there will be wolves in sheep's clothing among the saints of God in the church, and they will seek to take from you. They will come and they will want to take your attention away from Jesus. They're not just going to want to take from you uh, monetarily, though that certainly could be part of it. But they want to take away your faith. They want to take away your Jesus. They want to take away your hope and your confidence. And so they'll do everything they can to take Jesus away from your eyes and fix your eyes on something else, be it their own personalities. Maybe they're going to try and fix your eyes on your own sins so much that you stop thinking about Jesus. Maybe they're going to fix your eyes so much on your own works so that you stop giving thanks to Jesus for everything he's done for you. But they're going to work hard to take Jesus out of your sight. For they want to ruin your faith. But God will not abide by those who seek to take his love from us. He's still going to take you to Kmart. See. He just keeps giving. And he gives you his word so that you will be able to discern the truth from error. He gives you his word so that you will be able to recognize the false teachers when they arise. This is why we say here at Community, it's so crucial for you to be in a Bible study so that you are learning the Word of God so that you might discern truth from error both in the world and yes, even from within the church. Because there are those who would want to take this Word from you. But it's God's will to take such false teachings out of our midst. I mean, in a certain sense, our God is a giver, but He is also a taker. Our God comes to us to take away anything that might stand in the way of him giving us his love. So God comes and think of the things he takes. He takes away from us, you know, sin and shame. He takes away, you know, he might say it this way, he takes our flesh so that he might carry our sin away from us to a cross where he can die for it. He can remove our guilt and our sin and our shame from us and give to us then forgiveness and the promise of everlasting life. He has taken your sins so that he might shed his blood, give his blood for you. He gave you a promise that because he has died for you, because he has risen for you, he is your good shepherd and you are his beloved sheep. And he will not give you over to the wolves. He will not give you over to false teachers who seek to take him from you. No. He is our God who gives. And he just keeps doing it. 
He will not hold back. Nobody and no word is going to stop our God from taking us to Kmart. Nothing is going to stop our God from giving us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Nothing, Jesus says, is able to snatch you out of the palm of my hand. For with our God, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so he just keeps doing it. So Paul can say this today. I now commend you to the God, uh, to God, and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among those who are sanctified. Paul says, I leave you to the care not of wolves, not of false teachers. I leave you to the care of the word of God, the word that delivers to you the inheritance of the kingdom of God. The word that I get to be blessed here this morning to announce to you. That Jesus Christ has died for you. That you are forgiven and the inheritance is promised to you. Because our Jesus gave his life for you. And has brought you to himself. This is the way our God works. For, for, uh, because for him, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And this promise, this gospel declaration, now shapes you who have been forgiven and who have received this inheritance of everlasting life. You have been given these gifts, but God has now also caught you up into this divine life of giving so that you lead your lives in this very Christ-like way of sacrificing and giving of yourself, as we mentioned earlier, for the sake of others. And see, now here's something else God has given you in your life that you need to be aware of. Yes, he's given you talents, and he's given you abilities, and he's given you resources, but he's also given you neighbors, and he's given you neighbors who are in need. And these people are a gift to you. He has given you people who are hungry. He has given you people who are lonely. He's given you people who are naked and need clothing. He's given you people who are in prison and need visiting. He's given you people who are full of sorrow and shame and guilt and fear. He has given you people in your lives who have no hope in this world and are looking for some sense of love and acceptance. He has given you these people and he has given you to those people as a gift so that you might deliver to them Jesus Christ. Paul says it this way. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way we must help the weak. People have so many things in this world that are taking their joy, that are taking their confidence, that are taking their hope and their security away from them because so many things in this world stand in the way of them and Jesus. And so Christ has given them you as a gift so that you might deliver to them the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ, and in this learn that it is truly more blessed to give than it is to receive. This is the life God has called you to. For this is the life that God lives for you. He is the one who comes to you in your weakness and in your shame and your guilt and your sorrow in your weakness and gives you Jesus Christ. And he's going to do it again this morning as you come to this altar and you take and you eat and you take and you drink the very body and blood of Jesus Christ, God is giving to you again the greatest gift of all, His Son. And you will again be brought into the joyful giving of this God who will then send you forth from this place with the great command and promise which says, 
It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Amen. Let us pray. Father, teach us to believe this word, that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us all things in your Son, Jesus Christ. And for this, we recognize that you are the greatest and most blessed of all givers. And now, Lord, we pray that our lives would reflect such giving, that you would teach us what it means to sacrifice and give so that others might come to know of your love and your hope. Grant us this grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.